week in cycling. A history of our wonderful sport for the discerning listener. With his second stage win of this year's race, Mark Cavendish has now drawn level with Bernard Hinault on 28 stage wins of the Tour de France. Only Eddie Merckx has won more Tour stages now than Cavendish. The great Belgian score is 34. But there's a lot hidden in a statistic like that. There is a tweet doing the rounds that details what the score would be if time trial stages were excluded from the reckoning. Instead of Merckx 34, Eno 28, Cavendish 28, it would be Cavendish 28, Merckx 17, Eno 7. Can that really be true? Did Bernard Eno only win seven road stages of the Tour de France? They call him the Badger, a reference to his aggression and tenacity. But he was a very different rider than Eddie Merckx. He wouldn't attempt to win every single race he took part in the way Merckx would. He would measure his efforts and only lay down his own flavour of domination in races which really mattered. The rest of the time, surprisingly given what his reputation has become, he was as loyal a teammate as any, willing to sacrifice his own chances in order to help his domestiques to victory. This is a quality of Eno which is heralded by one of his teammates at La Vie Claire, Andy Hampson, in Richard Moore's book about the 1986 tour, Slaying the Badger. Moore writes, Aside from conversations that revolved around farming, Hampston was most struck as he found his feet in Europe by his leader's qualities as a teammate. They were, he says, considerable and not what he expected. The Tour of Switzerland in early June is one of the main pre-Tour de France stage races where the favourites fine-tune their form and the teams finalise their rosters. Hampston approached the week-long Swiss race with trepidation, however. In the spring, he had been hampered by bronchitis and had no big results, though he finished the tough races. Crucially, he didn't feel he had done enough yet to make the 10-man Claire team for the Tour de France. Before the Tour of Switzerland, he rode another important pre-Tour stage race, the Dauphiné Libre. There, he suffered la fringale, or the bonk, the expressions used for running out of fuel and hitting the metaphorical wall, while in a break during a mountain stage before performing decently on another mountain stage. It was, Hampston concluded, okay, not brilliant. And in his mind, it still wasn't enough to ensure him a place in the Tour, which meant that for Hampston, it was Switzerland or bust. Yet on the eve of the race, and having been very discouraged about his training and the pressure of chasing selection for the Tour de France, the American felt himself relax. He says, I realised I don't have to make the Tour de France. It's just something I want to do. The pressure vanished. And in this newly liberated frame of mind, Hampston went out and won the prologue time trial ahead of Eno in second and Le Monde seventh. I kind of apologised to them for beating them, says the humble Hampston. But Eno loves the fact I've won, Hampston continues laughing. It's his time to get fit for the tour and he becomes very determined to make sure I won the tour of Switzerland. Next day it's bucketing rain. There are four loops of a circuit. It's hard, not brutal. It's going to be a bunch sprint. I, of course, don't put on a rain jacket because I have the leader's jersey and I don't want to cover it up because, you know, I'm trying to look cool. On the last lap, Eno comes up to me, says, how's it going, Andy? And I say, well, to be honest, I feel really bad. I'm really cold. It was hard at that point with the big teams leading out their sprinters on these steady climbs. Eno says, no problem. And he sat on the tops of his bars and took me into the centre of the road while everyone else is fighting in the right-hand gutter in the rain and the spray coming off the road from the wheels in front. And I followed him. And on the flats and downhills, he took me to the front. And on the little uphills, he slid back with me, found me, took me out of trouble and straight back up to the front. 
It was the greatest armchair ride I ever had in my career by the greatest rider I've ever ridden with. With Eno's help, Hampson became the first American to win the Tour of Switzerland. The following week, Paul Cockley gave him the news he would be riding the 1986 Tour de France. So perhaps we shouldn't be too surprised at Eno's relatively modest return of road stages during the Tour. Most of the time he was just enjoying himself. Although winning 21 time trial stages is an astonishing achievement. No point trying to help teammates in the race against the clock. So, as the great Johan Brunel would put it later on, Eno might as well win. Back to that statistic which declares Cavendish as the outright leader when it comes to winning road stages of the Tour de France. If you look at the replies to that tweet, a lot of them involve a sarcastic response along the lines of, yeah, but what if you exclude sprint stages? As if winning sprint stages was easy. As if successfully negotiating your way to the front of a heaving peloton in the most prestigious event in the world and beating all of the fastest men in the world 28 times was not impressive enough for Cavendish to be mentioned in the same breath as Merckx and Eno. This is the curse of Cavendish, and he's brought it upon himself. He's made a generation of cycling fans think winning tour bunch sprints is somehow easy, pedestrian, normal. When he only won three stages of the race in 2012 during his year on Team Sky, people said he was below par. And he was, because he had set par for himself at an absurd four stages per tour, which he had achieved at least in the previous four Tours de France. Bernardino had never done that. And in 2012, even when he was below par, he made it five years in a row winning at least three stages. Not even Eddie Merckx had done that. Nobody had. Ever. When we think of the great names of Tour de France sprinting in recent years, we think of Mario Cipollini, Robbie McEwen and Eric Zabel. All three of these guys only won 12 stages of the Tour each. Cavendish had already won 12 by the time he was 25. Winning Tour de France stages is not easy. Careers are forged by winning just one of them. Eros Poli, Jesper Skibby, Jeff Pierce, Davis Finney, Brad McGee, Giuseppe Guarini. These are names we know now because they are guys whose names were made by winning just one. One. Winning one stage of a tour is seen as an abject failure for Cavendish. He has set the bar so high, only he has been able to consistently reach it. In his first autobiography, Boy Racer, he gives us a glimpse of what it means to him when he loses and why it is that this spurns him on to succeed even more. He writes, The nature of professional cycling is such that you'll always lose more than you win. In 2008, I won more elite races than any other rider, 17. But that still worked out at fewer than one win for every six days of racing. Most riders, and especially non-sprinters, are happy to finish the season with two or three wins. Given what I've just said about hating losing, you might say that I'm in the wrong sport. Maybe. But when I talk about losing, what I really mean is losing a sprint when I've been in the position to win. And even then, the big issue isn't losing in the sense of missing out on the egotistical act of crossing the line in a blaze of glory. That's a shame, but that isn't what keeps me up all night. I'm not exaggerating. When I lose a sprint, it stops me from sleeping at night. And that's because of the guilt I feel at having let down my teammates. 
That guilt eats me alive. I can't stress this enough. It eats me alive. If you can call that feeling of shame and self-hatred a motivation, then I very definitely am in the right sport. Because a fear of those emotions allows me to do things that an SRM parameter or a rig test tells you I shouldn't be capable of. Every sprint I lose gets replayed over and over in my head until every little mistake has been deconstructed and mentally corrected for the next time. I said earlier on that Simon Jones's perfectionism about the team pursuit became an obsession. What I didn't mention is that when it comes to losing sprints, I'm almost as bad. It's no coincidence that if I don't win a sprint and I'm to blame, 99 times out of 100, I'll win the next one.